0: Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Man, the drama I get from the members on hiring. Oh boy. I get it all. I hear it all from the members that nobody wants to work. There are no good people out there. Everyone is looking for a dollar without interest in building the company, so on and so on. Note the generality. Nobody, everyone, no good people. You know, it's a symptom of an upset when things are expressed in a generality. This is part of Mr. Hubbard's research into the subject. You'll notice that when people are upset, they tend to go into the area of generalities like everyone's again me or nobody loves me, that kind of thing. So obviously what we're manifesting here in the subject of hiring is quite some upset on the part of the members. And uh, there's really no need for that. Now, there is truth to this idea that um, we're living in a bit of a chaotic society at the moment. Maybe it could even be described as an insane asylum. Evidently we are, since there is no good people out there and no one wants to work. I don't know if it's that bad. But if your only perspective on the planet is what you're uh, reading in the media, that's easy enough to believe. There's a couple of things I want to cover with you to sort of debug this once and for all. The first is a fundamental datum that I have given you before from Mr. Hubbard. It's from an article 16th of March, 1971. And he gives you this fundamental datum. It's a very good one to be aware of in almost any situation. But he says here, he says, quote, to solve any problem, One has to recognize what the problem is. One cannot solve problem A by trying to solve problem B or C. Example, problem, broken down car. You cannot fix the car by repairing the kitchen lino. Example, you cannot flood the kitchen by fixing the car. All this may seem obvious when obviously stated, but there is a more subtle version. And in all capital letters, he says this, any problem that does not solve is not the problem. There must be some other problem, end quote. So that's from Mr. Hubbard. So. If you are having tremendous problems with hiring and it just is not resolving and you're hiring all these specialists to help you hire people and you know there's no good people out there and you can't find employees and you express over and over again you're having a problem with hiring or personnel do recognize something that is not the problem because if it was a problem it would have resolved it's you're solving the wrong problem and so today you know we're going to discuss some of the correct problems, the actual real issues that is making hiring so um, difficult for you in such an area of concern. So, all right, so the next thing I want to talk about here, before we start tackling the problem in earnest about hiring, what could be behind that problem for you, I want to address your perspective on people. Okay, you say, well, no, I have a pretty good idea about people. I don't know. Look at if you're dealing with hiring, if you're dealing with sales, if you're dealing with handling employees, there is a good chance that after a while, you become somewhat jaded on the subject and start regarding that, uh, well, there's no good people out there, things like that. You know, No one can be trusted and nobody wants to work anymore. You start getting this overall jaded viewpoint. Now, I have found it very solitary to do a drill, very healthy, to do a drill from Mr. Hubbard from his book that I've kept, I keep uh, recommending to you and will probably continue to recommend to you until the day I keel over. And that's the book, The Problems of Work, from Mr. Hubbard. And in there, there is a drill. If you, if you want to get a copy, you can certainly write me at info at yz I can direct you where to find it. It's an incredibly productive book to start your study on Hubbard management with. But anyway, in there, there is a drill that Mr. Hubbard recommends called Look Them Over. So he says here, he says, if one has been talking to people all day, has been selling people all day, or has been handling people who are difficult to handle all day, the wrong thing to do is to run away from all the people that are in the world. He goes on to say, you see, the person who gets overstrained when handling people has had large difficulties with people. So I'm going to skip along to uh, where he gets into this drill. He says, the cure for this is a very simple one. One should go to a place that is very well populated, such as a railroad station or a main street, and should simply walk along the street noting people. Simply look at people, that is all. It will be found, after a while, that one feels people, quote, aren't so bad, end quote, and one has a much kinder attitude toward them. But more importantly, the job conditioning of becoming overstrained with people tends to go away if one makes a practice of doing this every late afternoon for a few weeks. So that's your drill. It's called look them over or look them over. And uh, if you're having difficulty with hiring and there are no good applicants and everybody seems to be a dog, I would urge you to do it when you've decided that there's just no more good people in the world. Try it. I live in New York and uh, when I start this drill, well, you've never seen so many ugly, evil people as I see when I start my walk. (laughs) that's for sure but by the time i'm done i see a lot more laughing children with happy parents and intent productive people (laughs) and people that are a lot more attractive and look like they actually have something going for them see so anyway the point is that one can get very jaded about people in general and this is one of the biggest issues in hiring so if, you, if you're going to approach hiring when you already know that there's no good people out there, you're probably not going to find very many good people. So I would recommend doing that uh, drill as needed. Okay, so now the article we're going to be covering, I'm going to actually cover a couple of them, but this one's 14 December 1970, and it's called Group Sanity. And here, uh, Mr. Roberts starts by saying the points of success and failure that make and break items of an organization are, and then they're from number one to 11. Okay, so there's 11 points of group insanity, which uh, one needs to handle in order to have a sane, productive, worthwhile organization. We're only going to tackle the first one today, and we'll probably tackle the other 10 in future episodes, but the first one is hiring. Now, before I get into the rest of this article, I want to clear up one word with you, and that is a term, it's a technical term called can't have, and Hubbard says, uh, definition of can't have from 12 May 1972, it means just that, this is Mr. Hubbard, it means just that, a depriving of substance or action or things. So you've probably all seen can't haves, you maybe have a a father who runs can't have on his kids, they can't have this, they can't have that, or... A cook, you know, who is cooking for a group of people and never seems to want to put out anything, enough food or, you know, the quality that anybody wants. There's different people. They run this thing called a can't have where they're denying the experience of having to others. Can you think of a couple of examples of your own? Maybe just make a couple of examples of your own just so you get some reality on it. But it's something that's a characteristic some people have, which is they can't have. Uh, You've all observed people who just can't have money. They just can't seem to make money and uh, when they do by accident, it all kind of goes, goes away. It's, it's a can't have. And they're running that on themselves. So you can run it on yourself. You can run on others. But anyway, he says here in the article on group sanity, number 1.1, one, one, hiring, he says the society is running a massive can't have on the subject of people. Automation and employment penalties demonstrate an effort to block out letting people in and giving them jobs. Boy, isn't that true? Take a look at society today. Part of what you're running into is what the policies that are being instituted in this country, in particular, anyway, the one I have the experience with, the America, United States of America, it seems to be rewarded for people not to produce. So there's a massive can't have going on in this country right now. He goes on to say this this is Mr. Hubbard confirming this is growing unemployment and fantastic sums for welfare, meaning relief. 50% of America within the decade. Will be jobless due to the population explosion without a commensurate expansion in production. I want you to note that term, production, because we'll come back to it. And then he goes on to say, Yet production by US presidential decree is being cut back. War, birth control are two of many methods used to reduce population. So then he says, This third dynamic, psychosis, third dynamic is the dynamic of groups. It's the urge to survive and operate as groups. So he says, This third dynamic psychosis is a refusal to employ people. Exclusion of others is the basic cause of war and insanity. How about that? This exclusion of others. Now, you can think of lots of examples of exclusion of others in our society today. You know, too young, too old, uh, wrong race, wrong religion, wrong beliefs, wrong politics. Uh, We're in the business of exclusion. Uh, extensively in modern society, and that's going to show up in our hiring. So he then goes on to describe some of the remedies for this. He says, under hiring, he says, letting people into the group at large is the key to every great movement and bettered culture on this planet. This was the new idea that made Buddhism the strongest civilizing influence the world has seen in terms of numbers and terrain. They did not exclude race, color, creed, were not made bars to membership in this great movement. Politically, the strongest country in the world was the United States, and it was weakened only by its efforts to exclude certain races or make them second-class citizens. Its greatest internal war, 1861-65, to was fought to settle this point, and the weakness was not resolved even then. The Catholic Church only began to fail when it began to exclude. Thus, inclusion is a major point in all great organizations. Now you might think to yourself, well, that certainly doesn't apply to my company. Uh, First of all, we're not the Buddhist, you know, movement or the Catholic movement or any of these things. Well, yeah, but look at, you're either expanding or you're contracting. The organizing board, if you've been studying that, has the full cycle of production for your organization, for any organization. And these are all functions that should be ongoing concurrently uh, it's a symptom of a one-man band to be doing things one at a time. You know, if you can imagine a musical group where, you know, a person steps up and plays the guitar parts, then he goes over to the drums and does the drum part, and then he goes over and he does plays the bass part. And then he goes over and does the vocals and he does all these things one at a time, you're not going to get any kind of real music. And if you're running your organization with only doing one of the various cycles of production or one of the various functions at a time, You will not build a great organization so anybody who tells me you know we're not hiring right now you might as well be saying well we're not selling right now or we're not marketing right now or we're not producing anything right now or we're not doing any quality correction right now the idea of the organizing board is that things are not done in phases they are done concurrently and one of the things that you should always be doing is hiring okay You should always be hiring. You should always be looking for good personnel. If you're always looking for good personnel and you handle the correct problem, which is not hiring, by the way, we will get to that in a minute, but your issue with hiring is not the problem of hiring. There's another problem and I'll get to that. But you see a good person, hire them. Always be on the lookout for good people. Always be hiring. It's one of your uh, aspects of the cycle of production. One of the interesting things about, I found amongst the members is their viewpoint that personnel is a static subject. It is not a static subject. It is a dynamic subject. It is always moving. Have you noticed how people are always moving? Your people don't stay in one place forever. You know, the ideal I've I'd seen that my members appear to have, many businesses appear to have, is if I could just get the right people and get them all in the right position, get them all trained and all just there forever, locked in cement. No, it's never going to work like that it's an unattainable absolute, and it's not even worth trying to do that because what's going to protect you and your organization and keep it expanding and winning and thriving is not who you hire. It's not a static subject. It's not who you hire. It's your process. How do you hire? How do you train? How do you apprentice? How do you do all these things? These are dynamic subjects and they're always in flux. If you have always got good people coming in, then good people leaving, which will always happen. Have you ever noticed that bodies die? They do. They're not going to stick around forever. People retire, people move, their husbands get transferred to another base or, you know, or their wives do, or there always is going to be a flux. It's a dynamic subject. You're dealing with life. Okay. You're not dealing with bricks or machine parts. Okay, so it's not a static subject, it's a dynamic subject. And if you start taking that viewpoint, you begin to get a grip on this area of hiring. So then he goes on to say this in this reference. The things which set a group or organization on a course of exclusion are A, the destructive impulses of about 10 or 15% of the society, lunacy, and B, opposition by interests which consider themselves threatened by the group or organization's potential resulting in infiltration C, efforts to mimic the group's technology destructively and set up rival groups. Okay, if you have a problem with hiring, it's a good chance that it's either A, B, or C or some combination thereof. If you have hired some lunatics, which we have all done, you could get a very sour taste in your mouth about hiring anybody because 10 to 15 percent of the society is crazy. Now, Your best defense on that, now obviously there's personnel tests and there's things that you can do. These are all of great assistance. But by far, the most important is a full and complete understanding of what Mr. Hubbard researched and developed, the tone scale, the emotional tone of people, because people tend to operate in certain strata of tone. Some are more cheerful, some are more angry chronically, some are quite fearful, some are very timid, some are kind of apathetic. If you don't know how to recognize tone and I have emphasized this again and again with the members. In fact, I even put them on a training program just to make them masters of the tone scale because it's probably one of the single most important survival tools you have in life. Never mind as an employer or as a as an entrepreneur. You need to know your tone scale cold. So if you want information on that or you're interested in the program that I wrote for my members, you can write me at info at wise.org and I will send that along. But it's it's critical that you know your tone scale because uh, if you don't know it, you will have about two out of every 10 hires will probably be crazy. Maybe more these days, I don't know. But you need to know how to spot them and don't hire people that are low toned. Okay, or letter B he says opposition by interests which consider themselves threatened by the group or organization's potential resulting in infiltration. Look, if you study any great movement that has uh, come into trouble and it starts getting into an exclusion, Uh, you will observe there have been infiltration from vested interests. It's a common tactic in uh, uh, industrial espionage to send in people to spy on and sabotage our rival companies. This is much more common than you would think. It's happened politically. It happened with the Black Panthers. It happened with the Nation of Islam. It happened with uh, other groups that I'm very familiar with. And uh, anybody who has any intimacy with the history of the groups I just mentioned know that that is certainly true. But it can also happen with you. You, as a prosperous expanding company, don't think you won't create enemies out there. You will, because there will be vested interests that are threatened by your expansion, and you can expect trouble from those. And that might make you very cautious about hiring people. And then the last one, C, efforts to mimic the group's Technology destructively and set up rival groups. Say, well, why am I worried about that? Yes, you are because I don't know how many of my members will tell me that you know they're afraid they're going to hire somebody, teach them everything they know, and they're going to set up uh, a rival business across town. So they hesitate to train people, they hesitate to uh, hire people uh, or quality people, and this is one of their concerns. So those three areas are typical uh, areas of barriers. Mr. Roberts says all these three things build up barriers that a group might thoughtlessly buy and act to remedy with no long range plans to handle. I'll just stay small. I'll just be very, very selective in my hiring. And he says, these stresses make a group edgy and combative. The organization then seeks to solve these three points by exclusion, whereas its growth depends wholly upon inclusion. And then he goes on, uh, he says, no one has ever solved these points successfully in the past because of lack of technology to solve them. So then he gets into some of the things that you can do to solve the problem of the sanity of the individual. I don't know that you're gonna use those. Uh, I would definitely recommend using the tone scale to handle point number one, so you don't let lunatics in. Some organizations are equipped to handle lunatics, but probably not yours. So I would depend upon uh, your own understanding of the technology, uh, the tone scale, to keep the lunatics out of your organization. Uh, But his remedy for point number two, he says, the worthwhileness of the group in terms of general area, planetary, or universal survival. Okay, you want to continue to survive in an environment where you are starting to make enemies? Just make sure your message is worthwhile and valuable, that the goals of the company, the purposes of the company, are extremely survival for all, not just for yourself. Okay, this tends to dissolve the antagonism and the attacks from others. He also says here to handle point three, which was the efforts to mimic the group's technology destructively and set up rival groups. He says, three, the superiority of the group's organization tech and its use. Here's the correct target for your hiring. The problem is not hiring. It's your overall use of the administrative technology in your organization. In another reference, which I will get into in more detail in another episode, Hubbard says, uh, this is from an article, 23 July 1972, he says, the only trouble I ever had with this was getting division heads to utilize their staff. A first job, all capital letters, he says, a first job for an executive is to get things for his people to do and keep them busy at productive things. All capital letters. That's your problem. You don't have an open door approach to hiring And then bringing people on that you consider high enough tone, having enough executive structure and knowledge of administration and management to be able to put them immediately onto productive things. If you don't get them immediately onto productive things and get them producing, of course, they're going to cost you money. But look at bringing on board a productive, high tone person is going to make you money. But only if you have the organizational structure and you're aware enough of how your organization works to say, okay, good, I need another salesman now. This guy's, I'm going to put him on sales because his sales is going to increase my organization. Or here's a real good tradesman. You know, I don't have enough work for him right now, so I can't hire him. Are you kidding me? Bring him on board and then get him productive at productive things and then bring on the next person that's going to keep that person busy. You need to be thinking with expansion and hiring all the time. Your problem isn't hiring. Your problem is how do you utilize people? How do you give them things to do? It's how well-structured is your organization that you can instantly, when you see a resource, a valuable person go, I know exactly how I can use that person. I know exactly what I'm going to put them on. That's going to make my organization expand and more and more viable. If you're having problems with hiring, look more into these other areas. Look at your own attitude towards personnel. Look at some of your earlier experiences in personnel and You know, maybe some of those you've been burned a few times, and now that gives you the wrong attitude. It should be an inclusive attitude, you know, with a worthwhile organization, a worthwhile purpose. He says, the worthwhileness of the organization is determined by the assistance given to general survival by the group's products and the actual factual delivery of those valid products. The superiority of a group's admin tech and its application is that this current writing well covered in current developments. Thus, inclusion is almost fully attainable. So if you've got worthwhile purpose, something that's valuable that other people can view and appreciate, like, wow, this is such a great company. It's got such a great purpose. It's got such high tone people. Sure, you might have a rival set up across town. How much challenge is that going to give you? How much trouble is any kind of rival organization? It shouldn't even be a consideration. Why? Because your organization is so survival. It's so together. It's so well-administered. It's got such a worthwhile purpose. It's helping so many others. Listen to this. He says, plans of inclusion are successful. They sometimes contain defense until we can include. Doesn't mean you don't, by the way, deal with a bad apple if you have to. But he says, even resistance to an org, that's short for organization, even resistance to an org can be interpreted as a future inclusion by the org. Resistance or opposition is a common waypoint in the cycle of inclusion. I'm going to read that to you again. Resistance or opposition is a common waypoint in the cycle of inclusion. In an organization where everyone wins eventually anyway, the senselessness of resistance becomes apparent even to the most obtuse, even to the dumbest. Only those who oppose their own survival resist a survival-producing organization. Then he says this, listen to this. Even in commercial companies, the best organization with the best product usually finds competitors merging with it. Isn't that interesting? You see a really worthwhile company that's doing worthwhile things that has a worthwhile purpose and worthwhile products and valuable to its community. Yeah, you'll get attacked. You better know how to keep defense your defense up if that happens and know what, how to deal with it. We've covered that in earlier episodes on how to handle black propaganda. There's probably more that we could talk about there. Yeah, defense is definitely a part of your cycle of production. But don't let that start giving you an attitude of ex- exclusion. Always have the idea of inclusion always have the idea of hiring. How can we bring people on? How can we put them to work? How can we make them productive? How can we train them better? And so on. So, uh, anyway, I'm sure this kind of gives you a new look at hiring. Uh, you probably haven't really looked at it that way. It's a bit of a counterintuitive for people. You know, they, they look at these sorts of approaches to hiring and they go, Oh my God, no, that's going to be, you know, that's going to create chaos. It's only going to create car chaos if you don't have the structure there, if you don't yourself have skills as an administrator, or manager, work on those things, work on your ability to get people into production as the correct target, not hiring, focus on production more than you are on the hiring and uh, look at people as a potential resource, bring them on board. If they're not working out, I'll go into this in more detail in another episode, but you can certainly let them go, but you'd be surprised if you have a good system and a worthwhile purpose how rapidly you can build, bringing people on. Uh, It's not true that everybody wants to be miserable or wants to be unproductive or wants to be unhappy. There are a lot of people out there that would value a productive expanding group with a worthwhile purpose and uh, competent management and competent uh, management structure, organizational structure. You have access to that with the Hubbard management system. Learn it well, master it, And uh, focus on those things and hiring will become less and less of an issue for you. Uh, You will discover people will be uh, lining up literally to work for you. So uh, wouldn't that be a nice problem to have? And that would be the result of approaching the correct problem, which is probably not hiring, not saying you shouldn't uh, know your way around the tone scale and know your way around some of the processes to uh, hire people, but it's probably not your problem if you're totally riveted on it as a problem. There's probably other problems elsewhere in the organization that are making you think that that's your problem. Put these other points in, get inclusive, think with expansion, think happy thoughts about uh, you know, the worthwhileness of your group and your mission. And uh, you'd be surprised that people will uh, want to join your team. Okay, I hope that was helpful. Uh, let me know what you thought of this episode by uh, leaving your comments, a like if you liked it, Uh, We'll be doing a lot more on hiring. I know it's uh, a hot subject for some of you. So uh, we will deal with it thoroughly. But this is a good start. Talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening.